0: Ever international guest speaker this morning at Elevate Church. Uh, one, of, uh, one of the opportunities that God has given me uh, has been to travel to Italy on many... Well, one of the privileges was to marry a full-blooded Italian, a.k.a. FBI. And, um, and uh, really just, uh, you know, we have a growing um, compassion and excitement for what God's doing in Italy. We think of Italy as being a Christian country, and it it, it actually isn't. In fact, Europe is often nowadays described as a post-Christian continent. People think they've tried Jesus, and he didn't work. So they've moved on to the next thing. And uh, the the, the continent that used to send missionaries all around the world is now missionaries going there and uh, reclaiming the gospel from religion, reclaiming the gospel from materialism. So I've had the opportunity, and Louisa as well, to do some cool things in Italy and connect with a whole bunch of churches from one length of the boot to the other. And even beyond the boot, there's the soccer ball beyond the toe of the boot, there's is an island called Sicily. And uh, we think of it, when we think of Sicily here, what do we think of? Well, we think of sausage. See, that's right. I wasn't going to say mafia at all. We've all got our ideas. We've even got a resident Sicilian, Carmelo Fasolo here. And uh, anyway, one of, uh, one of the church leaders that I was able to connect with and uh, spend some time with and over the years have been to his church on a few occasions is Daniele Recca. And uh, Daniele leads a great church in uh, a place called Ragusa in Sicily. And uh, the church is called Centro Cristiano Emanuele on Luz. All right, ready? Say after me. No, just kidding. <laughs> anyway, Daniel is doing a fresh, exciting uh, church there. Lead, be leading that. Started it from scratch and be leading it for 21 years. And he'll tell you some more of that story. And uh, he's actually paid his own way to come here and be a part of Elevate Church this morning. Uh, he's doing a few other things while he's in Australia. I mean, But uh, he made a point of coming to Perth to be here this weekend to speak for us, which is exciting, and uh, we've eaten quite a lot of food in the last 72 hours. Daniela's is like waving the red flags over uh, the white flag. I surrender, I surrender. When you've overfed an Italian, you know you're doing well. So, anyway, I just love us to uh, give Daniele a special elevate church welcome this morning. Okay.
1: Good morning. Good morning. I don't know if I have to apologize with you. For my accent. I got a very, very strong Italian accent because I was born there. And uh, I learned English uh, in uh, 1988 when I went to England. I went to Bible college there. Uh, when I arrived there, I, I didn't know any English at all. And I remember one morning uh, in, the, in, the, in the classroom, there was a teacher... He was uh, asking the students if, uh, if our pastors were full-time. So I, I didn't know what he was talking about. So he was asking everybody, saying, uh, is your pastor full-time? And people were giving answers. And then he, he came to me and he said, is your pastor full-time? And I thought, pastor. I said, yes, I, I love spaghetti. <laughs> that was my answer. Love pasta. So, just to let you know where I come from, there has been a really, really hard job. And I married an English uh, girl, Faye. Uh, she sends her love to you, actually. And she would love to be here, but uh, this time has been uh, really, really difficult. we got three kids, we got church, and many commitments in, uh, in Sicily. And uh, anyway, I married her. So at the very, very beginning of our marriage, we had uh, a a real misunderstanding. Because, you know, how we are Italians, we, uh, I mean, we're very passionate about things. So if I was explaining myself, sometimes I was really shouting. And uh, for me, it was normal. But she thought that I was telling her off. So she was, oh, why are you telling me off? I was, I'm not telling you off. I'm just talking. So there was... (laughs) A huge misunderstanding. It's not easy. You know, it's not easy. But we thank God for the way he has been, uh, uh, brought us forward in all these years. And uh, I was saying to Mark uh, yesterday or the other day, I was saying, you know, for me, one of the best things I could do going to England was to learn English. Okay, it's not perfect, but it allows me to do what I'm doing this morning. Okay, and uh, that for me has been, uh, I would say, a great gift from God, to be able to learn another language. And because of my accent, people laugh, and that's okay. I I like that. You know, I'm not offended if people laugh at my my accent. Also, because if you try to speak Italian, I will laugh. So it's okay. You know, we're friends, no problem. But I think that's been a great a great gift really to learn uh, another language. And um, so what about first of all let me tell you this. I've been blessed to stay with Mark and Louisa for the last three days. I think I have eaten non stop every two hours. Like babies, you know babies? <laughs> babies eat every three hours and every two, three hours Mark has been saying, Okay, what to eat? What to eat? We've been talking about food all the time. Uh, so yesterday, last night I refused. <laughs> Louisa came, she said, You want some sausages? I said, No. Don't want anything. Have a banana. <laughs> I go to bed. I'm really, really blessed. And blessed the, um, of their hospitality. And I think you've got great leaders. Yeah. Honestly. I've been meeting people, traveling. I think you've got great leaders. And this is a blessing for me. I mean, this morning, just, I, was, I was standing in awe before God, really. Thinking, look at this. I mean, I'm on the other side of the world, from my world where I live. And uh, I, I sense God's presence here. I sense God's spirit. I, I I feel at home. And I think this is part of the vision that God gave to your leaders. And uh, really just be encouraged that you are welcoming people, you are welcoming, uh, if you want, the guest speakers in a way that is blessing them. So I feel blessed, blessed this morning to be here. Great. And I want to... I want to really say thank you to all the team that made this. <laughs> Look at this. It's lovely. This Italian, it's not an Irish flag. It's very, it's Italian. Okay, we're proud of this. <laughs> this is an Italian flag. And uh, what else? Well, I could speak, you know, about several things about us, but uh, maybe I will mention one or two things. That brought me here at this, at this point. And um, I got a title for this uh, sharing this morning. And it's go with the flow. Oh, you understand this? Yeah? Go with the flow. And I want you to read the scripture. Uh, in Isaiah 48, verse 21. And they did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow from the rock for them. And I was thinking, is that incredible? I mean, you are in a desert. There is no life there. There is nothing that can bless you. But there is a rock. And from that rock, water will flow. And there is life. And there is refreshments, restoration. There is a future. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, thinking, reading this scripture, I was thinking, God, please, let me drink from that rock. Let me receive what you have uh, prepared for me and for us. I need to really qualify this sentence. Go with the flow. I do not mean go with the flow of a secular thinking or a secular way of doing things, like go with the flow of this world. Because the Bible actually says do not conform to this world. So I don't mean just to do what everybody else is doing, but I mean to go with the flow of Jesus. Go with the flow of the church. Got with the flow of the call of God in our lives. Got with the flow of the Holy Spirit, for instance. Okay, go with that flow, because that will bless. That will make a difference. Yeah. You know, we are the light of the world. That's what the Bible says, and the salt of the earth. So we are different to be different. We are different to make a difference. How I got this message? A few weeks ago, just before I was uh, preparing uh, to leave Italy and and, and go first to the Philippines where we spent 10 days there and then come here, uh, on a Monday morning, I came into the church where I got the office and uh, I've done that so many times, just opening uh, the main door and going to the office. But I stood up that morning looking at the main hall, it was empty. Nobody there. And I was thinking about the night before. That was a Sunday night. And I was thinking last night here was packed with people. There were hundreds of people. Kids all over the places. And they ran After the meeting, you know, it's like they're released. You know, they were demon possessed. No, they were just with problems. And then they've been released. And they ran all over the place. The church full of young people and uh, old people. It's a generational church. And I was thinking, look at that. Twenty-one years ago, it wasn't like that. Twenty-one years ago, I came with my wife to Sicily, just the two of us. We started the church in our kitchen at home. It was a small kitchen, and uh, we, we set the chairs there like, uh, like in a church, okay? And um, I was preaching. I remember the first time when I preached I did with passion, I did with uh, great expectations. But there were about 10 people there. There was my mom and dad, my sister, my brother-in-law. There was another family, another lady. And while I was preaching, they were looking at me, thinking that we were just a bunch of idiots there. It was a kitchen. had the fridge on my left, had the cook on my right. You know, if I would say to people, please greet the person... On the right, there was no person on the right. <laughs> Greet somebody on the left, there was no person on the left. He was, he was just crazy. We decided to have Sunday school. So the very first meeting, there was one boy, one boy, a little boy. If fate took him in our bedroom to do Sunday school to him. The boy was terrified. <laughs> so she had to bring the boy to, to, to his mom, and he was crying, and she looked at her, what have you done to my boy? I tried to teach about Jesus. The day after the first meeting, two ladies called me. And they said, you know, we we don't feel to carry on coming. Because we are looking for an established church. So the very first day, we lost uh, the 20% of our congregation. (laughs) The very first day. And I felt so discouraged. I went uh, really in my room. And uh, honestly, I was crying. I was thinking... Why did we come here? We left a church in Birmingham in in the UK, which was a a large church, was full of young people, full of activities. There was a good band. There was a good work for the kids. And it was just great. We felt brilliant there. You know, it was the place where we would love to stay. And we left all of that. We went to Sicily. We went in a place where there have been uh, uh, splits and divisions in the church from day one. People were just uh, depressed. These 10 people I had in front of me, they were all really off. And I was trying to preach, trying to do something. But they were really almost dead. And I thought, why we came here? Why have we done this? Why we moved in this way? But a few weeks ago, on that Monday morning, I was looking at the church. And I thought, I thank God that we didn't give up. And if there is a message I want to really share with you right now, it's don't give up, please. I know it's easy to give up. I know if you look at the situations, other people, you think, oh, we'll never get there. I want to tell you, you will get there. You will get there. It's a matter of time, obedience, faith. Uh, I would say determination. Okay. Uh, so many times I've been going to church and I didn't feel to go to church. I'm a pastor of a church. That's very strange. Okay. And and you, got to, you don't feel to go to church because you think, oh, I, I had enough. Same situation, same stories. I, I would prefer just to stay at home or just go somewhere else. But... You know we are called to do not our will but God's will. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what we feel. Well, that's been my policy for 21 years. It doesn't matter what Daniela wants. I'm here just to preach the gospel. It's a commission. It's a commitment. It's uh, giving your life to something and believe uh, uh, until the end. You know that what you are right. What you are doing is right. It's good. So don't give up because in due season, God will bless you. God will provide everything. And today, when I look, you know, there were no musicians 21 years ago. Now we've got a platform full of musicians, singers. I love music. I saw, so, you know, it is good atmosphere, you know. It's just another world compared to our first beginning. And uh, just thinking of that, I had this word in my mind, Go with the floor. Don't just go with circumstances. Don't just go with what people say. You know, Jesus never had a problem with sinners. He had a problem with Pharisees. Okay, so watch out when people are very religious. You know, sometimes they give you, in England they say a pen in the neck. I don't know <laughs> if you use this word. But there can be a problem. Uh, but just don't go with just what people say, what people think. Go with the flaw. Let the Holy Spirit just impact your life. And you will say, Lord, where you send me, I'll go. Like Abraham. it doesn't matter if I feel, if I don't feel to do this. I mean, there are so many people that do things just because they are disciplined. You know, not because they, I don't feel to get up in the morning, on a Monday morning and go to work and say, oh, wonderful day at work. You know, maybe you don't feel to do that. But you do it because you got a commitment. Because you think, well, I need to do it. Come on, I'll do it. Okay, this is a Sicilian spirit now coming out. But I think if you have to do something, just do something. Because in this season, God will uh, amaze you. Yeah. He will surprise you. And he has been doing that with us. So I want to really encourage this brilliant church. A great future is ahead of you. Believe it. Yeah. Believe in me. It a, is a, a ahead of you. Our church has grown in 21 years, 40 times, 40 times. And now we're looking for, uh, we built already a building, but we're looking to extend the building uh, to make a larger auditorium. And um, we just, we think, Lord, you know, you are just amazing. uh, The way you do things. Uh, I thank God that I didn't give up 10 years ago when I wanted to give up and just if you stay there, God will do the rest. So I give to God all the glory. Okay? has nothing to do with me as a person. I give it to God all the glory. Now, very quickly, just a few points uh, which really, I think, can go with this sentence, go with the flow. First of all, go with the flow of Christ, the spirit of Christ. Uh, you know, Christ is a rock, the Bible says. It's a living rock. And the people may drink from that rock and find life. That's what the Bible says. So drink of that spiritual rock. If you want to go with the floor, drink from Jesus. You know, let, 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 let be fed by him. Live with him. And I would say, if you live with him, and if Jesus is in you, you will preach Jesus. You will tell other people about him. You will see many people coming to salvations, We have seen hundreds of people getting saved. Why? Not because of us, but because Jesus in us loves people more than we do. And he will uh, change their lives. And this is an important thing if we want to go with the flow. Jesus said to his disciples, without me, you can do nothing. He didn't say you can do something. He said nothing. So that's the beginning. That's the start. We need Jesus in everything we do. Second thing, go with the flow of church life. Church is a channel of fresh water to a thirsty world. The church flow is good. It blesses people. Now, let me state this very strongly. There are wrong ideas about the church. Some people think the church is very boring. Church, it will harm you. Church will steal your money. Church will make your life miserable. Okay, if that was church, I wouldn't be in the church. I'm a very positive person. I like life. I like laughing. I like traveling. I like living my life. If church would be a boring place, I wouldn't like to be part of the church. But church is something different. Church is a place of reconciliation with God. With other people. It's a place where you find peace in your heart. I tried to find peace. Before I got saved, I lived, oh, please. I lived an immoral, lo- awful life. And I tried in many ways to find peace, to find, to find joy. I couldn't find anywhere. I tried what I could, but I couldn't find it. I found in the church. I found simply sitting in a, in a chair when... Uh, Preacher was saying, God loves you. And I thought, well, how is it possible? I'm just rubbish and he loves me. I found in the church what I couldn't find outside the church. And uh, there is a scripture in the Old Testament about uh, God when he was taking his people out of uh, a place of slavery and he promised a, pre- a place flowing, flowing with milk and uh, honey. He said, honey. 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 In England, honey. I don't know. <laughs> honey. Okay. This is a great picture of what God does. A great picture. You know, we were in, in, in a life of sin. And the heart, the Bible says, brought thorns and thistles. That's how you say it? Yes. Thorns and thistles. But because of the cross, life became sweet. Right. Life became a blessing. Outside Jesus, thorns and thistles. Yeah. With Jesus, honey. Great. Yesterday, Mark and myself went to the house of honey. In, not far from here. A lovely, lovely place. We tried so many small cups of honey. And uh, they were all good. We were so sweet at the end, you know. <laughs> Just talking sweet, being sweet to each other. Anyway, it was so good. It was a, a fantastic place. I advise you to go. It, he uh, it will explain you where it is. But it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And while we were there, I read a sign about honey, which the sign says said, a symbol of goodness, abundance, and sweet things in life. I tell you, you find all of that in the church. This sweetness, this goodness, this abundance of life, you find all of that in the church. God didn't take his people out of slavery to put them in a place of misery. He took them from a place of misery to put them in a place of blessing. And they were blessed. And I tell you, we are blessed. We are children of Abraham. You know, we are blessed. We can experience the same thing. And this is what the church is. I think it's a church, it's a place where it's good to raise our kids. You know, I love the fact that uh, I have three children. Uh, in three years, actually, we had the three children. That was amazing. We were, we were not connecting anymore. Fair myself. Because, you know, we, we didn't have any children the first three years of our marriage. And the following three years, we had one child per year. Uh-huh. So we thought, well, are we going to fill the earth? What is happening here? <laughs> so they were, they were all babies, all small. And from day one, literally, they, Faye was very committed with this, you know. The same week that she gave birth to a child, she was in church. So we had them, the, the, the three, four uh, chairs uh, in the front row, Faye was... Uh, occupying them with the kids and uh, Sicilian people were looking at her like if she was a strange creature because in Sicily if you have a baby maybe for the next two or three months you don't come out of the house I don't know why they think the baby can can get a cold can get a cold they think the baby if there is too much sun can get a tan, a suntan I don't know uh, Fate the same day said, Let's go out. Or maybe because she married me, or maybe because she got Italian blood. I don't know. Or she hasn't got Italian blood, of course. And uh, she took the children out of the house, and uh, we saw them growing in the church. And the last night, Karen sent me a text. Said, she said, You know, she was leading uh, the youth meeting, just singing with Joseph, which is the other son, uh, just playing guitar. And Stephen was playing the piano. I thought, oh, is that great? Yeah. You know, is that great? Yes, hard work to take the kids to church, hard work to do everything, but you will reap something at the end. Right. So I'll tell you, church is lovely, friends. Church is a good place where to raise your kids. Go with the flow of the church. All of this is fantastic. You don't find this anywhere else in the world, you find this in the church. People that love you, people that pray for you, people that bless you, people that say to you, ti voglio bene. That's Italian. Ti voglio bene, like I love you, okay? Ti voglio bene. Because they really feel something for you, because God feels something for you. Go with the flow of God's call. And that is what God said to Moses, Exodus three seventeen. He said to him, I've said I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to a land flowing with milk and honey. So, when God is doing something, he doesn't leave his leaders behind. He was doing something with his people and uh, Moses had to be, you know, in the same steps of the people. He was moving with them. When God bringing forward his work, uh, you can be sure he will bring forward also his people. So leaders will grow. The church will grow. Uh, uh, and you will grow exactly how the church is growing. Because it doesn't leave you behind. Another thing, go with the flow of words of Wisdom. Proverbs, Proverbs 18, 4. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. Is that brook? Yeah. Brook? River, I think. Yeah, okay. Now, how important are our words when you want to see something flowing, sweet, that is a blessing? I think our words are very important. Italian people speak too much. That's my opinion anyway. We do speak too much. And uh, there are things that we could just, uh, we could just talk in, 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 in a minute. And that becomes a 2 hours conversation. Just to say what you can say in a minute. I sometimes, you know, with the abundance of words, sometimes you make mistakes. And then there are fights. Now the Bible says, you know, be very careful how you use your words. And I think every church around the world got the same problem. You know, we could have great relationship with each other, but sometimes words are on the way and can become a, a major reason for fighting, for misunderstanding, for offending somebody. But just thinking in, 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 in the other way around, if words are used in the right way, they can be like a river flowing blessing the people and i am i really made a decision a very strong decision i don't want that any bad word comes out of my mouth i want that words of blessing have to come out from my mouth to reach out to bless people to encourage people if i have nothing nice to say i don't say anything i just shut up okay but if i got something good to say i want to say that And that's a principle we preach, a principle that we try to uh, encourage other people to practice in our church, because that was the problem at the beginning. Before we went to Sicily, people were accusing each other, people were blaming each other, people were really nasty to each other, using words. The Bible says, how is it possible that from um, um, uh, from the same source, Okay, you can have, uh, you can have uh, sweet water or you can have the salty water. Mm-hmm. How is it possible? Yeah. So if you got milk in your life mm-hmm. and uh, honey, mm-hmm. I tell you, your words will be just like that. Right. And you will be a blessing right. to other people. And we want to be people like that. The world outside speaks sometimes really nasty things. But we want to be nice when we speak. We want to be um, cortesi. You say? Good. Yes, like that. He understands everything in Italian. He's just an amazing man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what Mother Teresa said? Let no one ever come to you without living better and happier. Wow. It would be great. You know, yeah. if at the end of the service, when we speak to each other, and we go home, we feel all blessed because of the words we've been saying, yeah. because of the of the actions that we're doing, uh, that would be a blessing. And another illustration about the disciples on the road to a mouse. When they met Jesus, they didn't recognize that it was Jesus. But Jesus was talking with them. He was talking with them. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened, he opened the scriptures to us. So Jesus talked with them. And they felt blessed. I want to be like Jesus. We want to be like him. Talking to people and people feeling a blessing in their life. And the last point, and I'll leave you. Go with the flow of a spirit-filled life. John 7. He who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And he said that about the Holy Spirit. was talking about the Holy Spirit and this is the question is the time of spirit filled believers over? Is the experience of Acts 2 over? Do we need today the person and the work of the Holy Spirit? Do we need today the gifts and the ministry gifts of the Spirit in the church? If the answer is yes so we need the flow of the Holy Spirit among us. I'm absolutely convinced of this. We We doubled in number as a church two years ago. And I was telling Mark this, you know how it happened? On a Sunday evening while I was preaching, I just felt to encourage the church to come to the prayer meeting. And the prayer meeting we have is on a Monday evening. So, you know, we used to have about 20 people in the prayer meeting. Uh, 20 people coming to the prayer meeting. Good, okay, but I just felt to encourage the church to come. I don't think that's wrong. You know, a pastor needs to encourage people to go to Jesus. I don't think I felt guilty to ask them, uh, can you please, tomorrow night, come to church because we want to have a special night of prayer. We said, it shouldn't be just a Sunday celebration. It can be also a Monday celebration. Mm -hmm. You know, the band, I said to the band, I said, please, can you come tomorrow night? We don't want just this on Sunday. We want this on Monday. It was a bit strange. You know, it was a change, of course. I was preaching while I said these things. The day after, about 100 people came to church. And we began to pray. And that was the beginning of a change. And I'm telling you the truth. It was the beginning of a change. In that meeting, Monday meeting became the highlight meeting of the week. Monday, not Sunday, Monday. People were coming on Monday, bringing their friends we saw people getting saved, people filled with the Spirit, people uh, being healed. That on Monday evening became a great appointment with God and the people just to ask the Holy Spirit just to move among us, and the church began to grow. That was It, it wasn't anything else, it was that. I can't remember anything, I haven't done anything different than I have done in the last 20 years. The only thing different was that on a Sunday evening I said to everybody please come to church. And uh, it's two years now, the church every Monday evening got a special time of prayer and we are really believing that God will move in an amazing way. You know, the alternative to the flow of the Spirit is uh, stagnation. Yes, there is no other alternative than that. In 1989... I went to City Temple in London, a a huge building, huge church, fantastic. When I went in, I noticed that on the main hall, there were big pictures, black and white pictures of uh, the time of revival that was there just a few years ago. People like Joseph Parker, Thomas Goodwin, R.J. Campbell, they were preaching in that church, thousands of people were coming to Jesus. There was a great revival. I remember a picture where there was a queue of people just there standing outside the church. And uh, as I was raining, they were all soaking wet, waiting to go into the church. The church was fantastic building. There were pictures of the church filled with people. But when I went in 1989, it was a different story. There were probably about 50 people in that building. A building that probably can hold, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000 people. And the whole thing was really, really quiet. And I thought, what happened? What happened? When I went to Wales a few years ago, Wales has been a great place, you know? God has been moving. In 1904, he moved in a great way. In that area, under the ministry of even Roberts, thousands of people came to Jesus. Thousands of people came to Jesus. Schools were built, hospitals, pubs were converted into churches. And because there was a change in the church, there was a change in society. Crime dropped drastically. The police force risked to be made redundant. That happened. And that was the scenario in 1904. But when I visited that area, I saw a different picture. Some roads still had biblical names. You know, Jerusalem Road or Canaan Road. Beautiful. But something changed completely. Some churches now were uh, demolished and they were building block of flats. You know, if you look at the area now, it's, it's, it looks like a different world of what you could imagine was at that time when a revival broke in. And this is because uh, without revival, brothers and sisters, there is nothing. Without the move of the Spirit, uh, we have just good organizations. But when the Spirit moves, when the flow of the Spirit moves, things will happen In 1700, John and Charles Wesley, George Whitfield, saw the birth of the Methodist church, which spread everywhere, and a quarter of the population came to Christ. That is 25%, 25%. You know, all the evangelical Christians in Italy are less than 1%. Okay, we can do great proclamations inside our buildings. We can say lots of nice things. But the fact is that uh, 99% of the people may not know Jesus. That is the truth. So it's a time, it's a moment, I would say, where we need to ask God for a mighty flow of his spirit for a mighty revival in, other, in our places. We are not just aiming to have a nice little building and to have a thousand members there and say, wow, look, we've got a big church. We live in a town, there are 70,000 people. We want to see as many of them come to Jesus. Right. You know, that's our call, that's our passion. We don't want to stop until we see that happen. It's a, it's a commitment, it's a life commitment. We are not there to be a two or three year uh, ministry in the church, you know, and then we move somewhere else. We've been there for 21 years. I can be there as long as God wants me to be there. Uh, I may not be any more the pastor, do something else, but I want to pray for the place. I want to see the place coming to Jesus because this is our only hope and the world hasn't got any other hopes. The world needs a mighty revival. And that uh, churches can become a means to restore families, to see children being reached, you know, with a good message and they can grow in a good environment and they can be men, they can be really happy. Okay, I don't think Jesus wants to give us a miserable life. I, I don't want to say to people, come to church so you are depressed. No, come to church so that God can give you a new life, a brand new start. They can bless you I can bless your family. I think you're really nice people. Okay. I hope one day you will come to see me, yes. to see us. Okay. Do like a minibus. <laughs> Go through the ocean with a minibus. Uh, come to see us. But it would be nice just to connect as a church. Yes. I think it would be nice and maybe send some photos from time to time of videos. Uh, we can pray for each other. And I'm sure that uh, I already took some photos Uh, I want to show to our church, who you are, where we are, and uh, we'll pray for you. Okay? Thank you very much. Thank you, Pastor
0: Mark. Thank you, Louisa. Thank you. Amen.